Welcome back to the ninth episode of Coffee and Christ. He did it! Oh, welcome. Hello, Jackson. He did it! Welcome back to this episode coming to you on November the 15th. Oh, yeah. Good update. Uh, time, 534. Mm-hmm. So, if you know us, uh, church starts at 630, so <laughs> won't be too long of an episode today. But. It's all right. You want to drink? Yeah. Bubbly? Right. No, I don't want to drink your... Static. No, we're we're actually approaching. To me, we're gonna take a break from the Christmas countdown this week, and this I, I didn't tell them this. We actually, I even brought up the the Google Santa tracker. Oh, but we're we we've hyped up Christmas for three weeks. I know, and now. But we next week is Thanksgiving, the giving of thanks. Go ahead, speak up. No. <laughs> speak up so they can hear you no, in the back. Everyone, everyone will just have to turn up their listening ears because I did say it very, very quietly. Say it again. 38 days, 10 hours, 24 minutes, and 10 seconds right now. Merry Christmas. I can't believe it's, you know, I know we're supposed to focus on Thanksgiving. But I can't believe it's 38 days till Christmas. Yeah, I'm not prepared at all. Like, that's like really like, and, you know, we do, you know, updates every Wednesday mm-hmm. for, for some reason. The last update update we did felt like it was like sixty four days. I know, right? And now we're at thirty eight. That's well, crazy. My sister's like, oh my goodness, I have all my Christmas shopping done. Her and Ty. I haven't even started. Ty is the same way. Yeah, I, I bought one gift. Yeah, I'm not even. And it's yours. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> I've not even started. I have a lot of things in carts, random carts across the internet. Really? But I don't. I've not purchased anything yet. Just waiting on that Christmas bonus. You ain't wrong. <laughs> you ain't wrong. <laughs> but uh, but no, let's um let's pause our Christmas cheer. Okay, I agree. For I'm literally deleting this soundtrack. A week, a week. Okay, we're approximately eight days out from Thanksgiving. A week from tomorrow. It's also my sister's birthday, but more importantly, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah, it falls on Thanksgiving sometimes. Wow. But yeah, happy 26th birthday, Carrie, a week wow. early. How thankful are we? But, um, but no, it's, uh, let's, let's just have time to give thanks and to welcome Thanksgiving with open arms. I know I am. I have eating plans Wednesday, Thursday. Friday and Saturday. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. What a great week. The births. Thanksgiving is Wednesday. The like immediate family is Thursday, like mine. Then the wood Christmas, like with all the dads with the wood Thanksgiving, with dad's side of the family at Nanny's is Friday. And then we're eating for Carrie's birthday on Saturday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Y'all pray for my pants. That's all I'm gonna say. That's so cool. So excited. That's so much food. I know. Why isn't there a Thanksgiving countdown? I mean, there can be. That's we're eight days out. True. True. We're just, you know what? Someone make that. I'm not smart enough to, but someone make a Thanksgiving countdown for us to uh, to enjoy. Because, um, you know, I agree with you. you know, we just overlook Thanksgiving sometimes. We do. I'm not putting any Christmas, anything up. Really? Nope. Mm. You are better than probably... I would say 70% of the population right now. Uh, seven days, six hours, 21 minutes, and 28 seconds. There is a turkey countdown. Countdown to Thanksgiving. 
Oh my goodness. Please tell me he gobbles if you click on him. No, he does not. Oh, okay. Well, but new site. Someone make it where he gobbles. I wonder if you Google it with gobbling turkey. Oh, I'm sure there's everything on the internet now. Come on. If that isn't on there, someone is missing the boat. Hmm. Oh, that's like an actual countdown. Yeah, it is. So we have nine minutes fifty-two. My seconds. bad. That was just. A, that was just. I'm. I'm ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. That's so great. Well, Dylan, how's your week been? Um, it's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, really can't complain. No, what's been going on? Really, I've been sick. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not felt the greatest. Still don't feel the greatest. Um, but no, I mean, life is trudging on. And this week it seems like we're at it like a herd of turtles. I would agree. I just can't get my energy up, and the week's gone by fast. Really, to me, but like I just feel like I'm dragging. I feel like the days are lasting really long. Oh, you think so? Just for some reason, <laughs> just like. You know what? I was in the office today, just like sipping on some coffee, doing some little paperwork and everything all situated. And then like I looked down and like 15 minutes have passed. And I felt like I did like two hours worth of work. And I was like, oh my goodness. And just like that, I was done with one job. And I was like, what will I do now? (laughs) (laughs) What will I do now? Yeah, they poured my footers today. Yeah. And Jackson put up a mailbox. Yeah, snaps, snaps everyone. So, um, so that's about it. I feel like our viewers are going to learn a lot about house building over the next five months. Yeah, just because you'll be giving updates. Dylan, why is it important to pour foot footers? We're going to give a little education here. Well, you see, you can't just lay your block on the ground. Mm. There's mm. got to be support. Right. And why do you think? Let's give you a little quiz of the day. Uh-oh. Okay. Jackson's. It could be, this could be like a, a segment on a game show. Jackson's construction fact of the day. Laying on me, Dylan. So, Mr. Whitson, mm-hmm. why would you pour your footers twelve inches deep versus the normal ten inches in my application, specifically in the back of the house? Think about the slope of the land. Because <laughs> it's sloped down towards the back. Well, yeah, so. but how high is the block going to have to be in the back? It's going to have to be taller. Pretty tall. Yeah, that's right. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> tall. You got it. So uh, my lot is sloped, but you don't want your house to be sloped. Right. So uh, the block is going to like come up really high on the back, like... 10 block, ten or 12 blocks high. Ooh. And uh, I, I'll be fully able to walk into my, like, we're putting a storm room down there. Like, my crawl space. I can pull my lawnmower in there if I wanted. Really? Oh, yeah, it's huge. It'll be like a basement. But, cool. uh, but they poured the footer two inches deeper, so that way the block had that much more support. Because hmm. it's going to be so cool. Man, they're smart. I'm glad I'm not doing that. Me too. But anyway, so, uh, but yeah, that's about it. Just kind of babysitting my house, making sure it's going the way it's supposed to. So, yeah. 
Everything's great. Hopefully, I'm not running a fever all day that I know of. So, but I would know. So, and we're in a confined space. So, if I get sick, you just know I'm having fun. But anyway, enough of that nonsense. Tell us about yourself, Jackson. For me, I would have to agree. It's kind of just been, I don't know, kind of slowish, very sluggish. I would say, just because. It just doesn't feel very fast right now. I feel like, you know, it takes forever to get to lunchtime. But then it takes even longer from lunchtime to get to quitting time. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's just, you know. See, my days feel like they fly by. Really? Oh, yeah. We were leaving Mid-South earlier today, and I was like, it's 1130? Really? Yeah. But I don't look at the clock a whole lot, though. Mm. I'm not a, I'm not a, like, during the day, I'm not like a clock looker, if that makes sense. Like, I don't just glance at it. I can see that. Like, I'll look down at my phone and realize that I haven't texted back my lovely girlfriend, Andrea, in two hours. I'm like, shoot! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't, I'm just not one that looks at my phone unless it rings right. during the day, which it rings a lot, but... You know, this is off-topic. So, situation happened yesterday. Very off-topic. Nobody else would know what this is about. Between the time that you called me at the gym... Mm-hmm. And I called you again saying the job was finished. Mm-hmm. I think I did about 8 to 15 phone calls. Why did it take that many? Just because. Call Jordan. Phone down. Call Ty. Phone down. Call Mike. Okay. Got it. Call Ty. Call Jordan again. Hey, Jordan, do me a favor. Call Mike. <laughs> like, it was just crazy because we were all just communicating. Anywho, that pertained to none of you. But I'm thank- thankful for you. Thankful. Look at that. Oh, thankful that nice. you're here listening. Welcome to my world. That's what I do every day. I know, right? Couldn't do it. I'm so glad you're wearing pants. <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't know. No, aren't we all glad I'm wearing pants? Trust me. <laughs> I'm just like the piece of lint that's on the <laughs> bottom of your shoe. That's not so. true. <laughs> I'm just hanging around. Anywho. So, this is a monumentous event, I guess, to us, to listeners of Coffee and Christ. We have finally got into more of those... I don't know, generic, traditional proverbs that we all know and love. The isms. The isms. They're not really isms. But is, that, is that what it's meant? I call it myself proverbs, isms. But okay. it's not, I just, I made that up. Well, I think that's pretty that's good That's not though. legitimate. Like, I just. You're full of them. That's great. Right. You know, like, my dad has J-isms. Oh. And you have Jacksonisms. My things, dad has a book. Things that you say a lot. Mm-hmm. This is what I decided proverbs, laying in bed last isms. night. I was thinking about them. And I was like, Proverbs is a... Proverbs is a... spoke it into existence. Well, here's why. I'll tell you this when I'm done. Okay. You know, where I'm used to living, Mm -hmm. I'm used to hearing... Ever since I moved here five years ago, I hear, you know, in college, I lived in the ghetto. Right. So you'd hear gunshots. Oh, my. And people yelling and police sirens. And that's what kind of, like, put me to sleep. I'm like, oh, my God. Where's my folks? My boys. And then move from there to Buffalo Valley Mm. when you heard traffic all the time. Culture shock. Yeah. And then move from Buffalo Valley to Lone Oak and heard a lot of sirens and traffic Mm. and stuff. So that's I'm so used to noise. Right, yeah. You could hear a pin drop. Oh yeah. In Jackson County. And you're like Well, you hear the cabin creaking. Really? Oh yeah. She creaks. She's old. That's true. But you just hear, like, everything. Mm. But, like, 
everything is nothing. Like I'm in a different world out there. Because like so sometimes exciting. you'll be laying there and there must be a teenager that lives down the road uh-huh. that gets off work approximately at 10 because he rolls through. He must work in Cookville. Mm-hmm. And I've manifested that his name is Joshua. And Joshua great. must live down the road yeah. and like loud music. Because uh-huh. about 1030 every night, you'd be laying in bed. And you just hear, boom, 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 boom. Josh was back. I think, I think that he works at Domino's. Oh my gosh. On Willow. I think we need to really do some extensive But research. like, I've made this all up over hearing the same car every night going, That's great. I'm like, oh. Joshua, so <laughs> pesky kid. If I don't, I'm not upset with him because I'm laying there. I'm not good. He's home for the night. He's you safe. Know? Like I just, I, you know, I just worry about him if I don't hear him. Aww. The weekends are a little different. Like, sometimes he doesn't come home till like later, Ooh. but I still hear him, and I'm like, oh, boy, okay. he doesn't know that there's a chubby man that lives on the hill that is listening for him. Yeah, that cares about him. But like, it's so creepy out there because like you're just laying in bed and you're just like, all you can hear is yourself breathing. You're like, then the, then the unit will come on, and it's like, oh, boy, <laughs> like it's quite loud. But anyway, I just thought that was that's that's where I came up with. Cause I, I I'll talk in my head to give myself some noise, like just you know, and it's like just I'll think about random stuff, and I'll you know, and then I'm just like proverbs, and then Joshua came home. That's great. Now we know a little bit more about Dylan's Anyway, routine. sorry. <laughs> Any of you guys. Sorry. So back to Proverbs. Uh, like I said, we're going to be starting chapter 10 today. And uh, and we're going to get into those more of those one to two verse sayings that stick with you, those one-liners. And we're going to read hundreds of sayings that apply wisdom and the fear of the Lord and to every single topic that you can imagine. You know, There's Proverbs about family, about work about your community, friendships, marriages, money, uh, anger, forgiveness, you know, alcohol, debt, sex, all that stuff. And we want you to, you know, after we kind of get done covering these Proverbs, um, to use this book as a reference where you can return to if you have questions for any situation in life, you know. And this same style goes out through uh, chapter 29, and then we have a conclusions in chapter 30 and 31. But before we get started, there's something I want to point out. That Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs are not promises. You know, I want to say that, you know, say that again. Proverbs are not promises. You know, they're, pro- they're probabilities. They're like a general rule. Um, and if we continue studying the Wisdom series, I don't know if we, we might jump ship after this and go somewhere else. Um, but we figured that out in Job and Ecclesiastes for sure. That, you know, they're ex- exceptions to these moral rules. They're not set in stone, you know. Meaning that there is no formula to absolutely 100% be succeeding at everything you do. That's just not how the world works. However, these Proverbs are good foundations to where you can get closer to that goal, you know. Um, and so, just reiterating, you know, Proverbs are not promises. And as you read these, you know, just 
as an example, I'm going to throw out chapter 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. You know, that doesn't mean if you serve and fear the Lord and, and love him with all your heart, that you're going to live to be 200 years old. It's not what that's meaning. Um, you know, so that's, that's just an example but, you know, take that into consideration every time you read these. Know that these are not, you know, hey, if I do this, I am set in stone. I'm going to enjoy a long life. That's not the case because we know all across the world, you know, there's plenty of good people who fear the Lord and bad things happen. So uh, just know that as we get started. Um, and then me and Dylan were kind of talking about it too. Uh, these Proverbs are very hard to cover verse by verse. And we've been doing that a lot in uh, chapters 1 through 9. So we're going to do a little something different. Um, we are still going to read them, but me and Dylan have uh, kind of picked out three or four that we want to talk about specifically. Uh, however, I encourage you to sit down, think about them, meditate on them, and really try to read and what the Bible is trying to say to you. Uh, without further ado, Dylan, you want to read me? Read? You read as far as you want if you want, and we'll just popcorn. All right. So wise man, Proverbs 10. A wise man makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the, uh, the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Blessing are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the, of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he, but he who rejects reproof leads other astray, others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. And the tongue of the righteous is uh, choice silver, and the heart of the wicked is of little worth. Okay, this verse 21. Uh, the lips of the righteous feed many, but the fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Um, and doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but, who, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who sent him. And the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. 
Uh, the way of the Lord is a stronghold to the blameless, but destruction to evildoers. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous will bring, uh, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the uh, perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, uh, what is perverse. Okay, so I think, you know, hear me out. So me and Dylan were talking about what verses we wanted. We both wanted verse 12. And I think we should both talk about it. Why don't you go first? No, no, you go first. No, you. They can't hear you. No, you. No, you go first. Well, I'm going to start actually in verse 8. Okay, that's, you know, that's fine. And then I'm going to popcorn to you for 12. Popcorn, okay. So, I like verse 8. It says, the wise of the heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. So I like that a lot because, you know, we live in a day and age right now just to where everyone's like, you know, be a boss. Go out and, and assert yourself and, you know, you need to be the one on top always. Right. And, you know, we don't see that as much, like, I guess really in the South. But, I mean, it's a big deal, especially for, you know, college and and what they're teaching people in trade schools and all these things are like, you know, no matter what, as long as you come out on top and as long as, as you're in charge, then, you know, you're successful. And I think about that a lot and I, I really just strongly disagree. You know, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care what status, quote unquote, you are. I don't really care if you own everything in the world. I mean, if you don't have a relationship with with God, what do you really have? Nothing. And I like verse 8 because it says, listen, if you're going to be wise, then you can receive commandments. Essentially understand that you're not in charge. You know, I don't care if you're the CEO of Microsoft or the CEO of, of Apple or, you know, you're making seven figures and you're the head of a multi-billion dollar corporation. Even if you are those things, you're still not in charge. You still have to receive commandments and submit to God. And then it goes on to say, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. So he's essentially saying, you know, you have to be able to take instruction. You have to be able to take commandments. And if you're going to just sit there and try to talk your way out of it or assert your dominance or whatever, it's just not going to work. And so many people, especially young people that are just getting into the workforce, I talk like I'm, you know, 50. All right, people. <laughs> but like these young people, especially getting into the workforce, it's like, well, I would like him to try and tell me what to do. Uh, yeah, he will. Yeah. And he will have a good time doing it. But, I mean, you think about in our work situations, you know, all you think about all the time, especially in, like, a corporate setting, you know, I'm, and I'm not really well-versed in that. I don't really understand the corporate world. I don't work for corporate America. I don't support corporate America. But, I mean, all you're looking for is the next step. You know, how can I jump from entry level up to, you know, a supervisor position? How can I jump from the supervisor position to a manager's position? How can I jump from a manager's position 
to a general manager's position. You know, and all these things, and that's all that they care about. They don't care about their work. They don't care about who they work for. They don't care about anything. All they care about is how can I level up? How can I be better? How can I be better? If you've watched the Christmas movie Spirited, I can't remember that. I can't remember that lady's name. Oh, um... She sings The View from Here. And her whole song... Watch the movie. All right? Just watch it. But the lady, one of the main characters, she sings the, the View from Here. And the whole song is about how she's pledged her life, you know, to make it to the 37th floor and to, you know, to be on top and dedicate her life to her career and, and all these things. And... and if you're dedicating your life to anything besides Christ, you've missed the point. And that's what, and again, this isn't talking about this work. This is just talking about it in general. But we have to understand that we're not in control. We have to, to give our understanding and give our life to God and say, okay, whatever your will is for me, I'm good with it. But never be above instruction. And never be afraid to admit when you're wrong. I've learned that a lot in business. Customers or people, okay, let's just say this. People don't care if you've messed up because we're human beings. We're going to mess up. They just care about how you handle the mess up. How are you going to react to what you've done wrong? Okay, so there's two sides of this coin in verse 8, and then I'm done. I'll turn it over to Jackson. But you have the side of can you receive instruction and fix what you've done? And realize that you're having to submit to something else. Or are you going to be a babbling fool? You know, that's the two choices that we have in life. And that's the same way God works, guys. God doesn't necessarily, he's not worried about how many times we mess up. Okay, but contrary to what you believe, he doesn't have tick marks next to your name. But what he cares about is... Can we receive instruction, right or wrong, and move on? Or are we going to, you know, fight, submitting to anything, because the world tells us that we should be in charge and become a babbling fool? That's a lot to think about. I was thinking about it last night, the Proverbsisms. Proverbs. And I was like, you know, we have to realize that we are not in control. Right. I don't care if you're the president. You're not in control. God is. And we have to submit, we have to be able to submit to him and receive commandments from him. Oh, yeah. So, there's verse 8. I like that a lot. Oh, I like that too. Um, so, one, my first one, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll piggyback off each other here because verse 12 is really good. I'm going to read it again. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. You know, yeah, the, the way it starts is, is great. Hatred. Stirs up strife. Strife just meaning anger. Um, we can see that definitely a lot in today's age. That um, kind of playing off of your, your, what you were saying with how the world tells you to kind of own up to it. You know, this is your, this is your world. Everyone else is just living in it, kind of deal, and putting yourself on top. And when we do that, um, a lot of anger is and hatred is spread around. But however, then the second part of that verse comes up. But Love covers all offenses. You know, if you imagine like covering, I just think of a tarp for some reason. Um, and I don't work in the roofing business, but however, if there's a storm 
and it punctures a hole in your roof. You're probably going to use something to cover that up, or the inside of your house is going to get wet, or you know, a lot of other things will happen. So you'll probably put a, a tarp on it, something that's going to protect the inside of your house from the outside elements or whatever else is going on out there. You know, it kind of embodies that. I don't know. It you know, it's more gracious and merciful response to to the strife that we're experiencing. You know, a lot of wisdom can be like discerned just from this one. These how many words is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine words. You know, take Jesus for an example. Matthew chapter five, when he urged his followers, verse forty-four, to love their enemies and pray for those who persecute them. You know, he embodied that idea that love has the power to overcome hatred and to kind of establish a or heal any relationship. You know, and that and that's all across the Bible. You know, I get this kind of take take me to what Peter said in First Peter four eight, where he said, Love covers all or covers a multitude of sin. You know, kind of just reinforcing that idea that love plays a transformative role in restoring that relationship and that's the big thing we always have that relationship with God and a lot of time we stir up hatred and strife between our relationship with him we disobey him we um, choose our own paths we kind of place ourselves up on a pedestal or we place other things in front of him all the time but his love covers that you know redeems us almost and that's just, to me, that's what I took from, honestly, all these 32 verses. I read 12, and I stuck on 12, probably the longest, just because I love that verse, on how this proverb is showing the importance of cultivating love and having that forgiving attitude because to others, because we receive that every day from Jesus. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, he Jackson said a word there that talks about transforming relationships and and changing things when you introduce love and there's so many times in Jesus's life that he transformed people right and he still wants to do that he still wants us to be uh, transformative Christians if, if if you will and that's exactly how you know how do you do you hear that word and you're like well how do, how do you do that well you what we just read you know love covers all offenses if you want to be transformative then love and spread it. And don't stir up hatred. So no, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Allow us to continue. I can't remember. What was your next one? I'm trying to read it and find out. Because it was a random one I picked. Because I can't remember if it's after my next one or not. Wait, what's yours? 19. You go ahead and do 19. Okay. So verse 19. When words are many, transgression is not lacking. Uh, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. So this is another verse that stuck out to me that I kind of just keep reading over and over again. Because, you know, the first part of that verse shows the abundance of word is often, you know, filled with mistakes or, you know, that's what transgressions is and stuff like that. And it kind of suggests that the more you speak, the more or the higher the likelihood is that you're going to stumble or you're going to... Um, I don't know, a big thing is that, I don't know, I've heard you say is that I get myself in trouble because of my mouth a lot of times. 
what's it called word vomit? I know that's a terrible word, but I mean, yeah, word vomit, insert foot in mouth. Like, there there's many things. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the things that I that could taken me back to this. And you know, the second part of the proverb kind of takes that contrasting view. You know, it shows that if you restrain your speech, you know, it's a mark of wisdom, and I can and, or prudent. Those are intertra- interchangeable. But that's just something that I've tried to implement more, um, being more quiet, kind of holding back um, maybe what I'm going to say because it's like the toothpaste thing, you know, once you squeeze out toothpaste, you can't put it back in. So this verse really spoke to me saying that, hey, before we blurt out or whatever first came to our mind whenever this person said it, maybe it was, maybe it was a joke, maybe it was... Um, I don't know, just insert yourself into any situation, could be good or bad, maybe I should think about what I'm going to say next. Maybe I shouldn't just get myself in trouble by just talking too much or blurting out something uh, that I really didn't mean, but just because it happened, and I said it. And so um, it says there at the end, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. You know, he's wise if one is kind of holding back, thinking before saying. So, so mine, which I don't know if this is the one I was going to use, but I'm going to use it now. But verse 20 um, says, The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little worth. So Jackson just talked about, you know, not speaking as much. But, you know, verse 20, I like that a lot. You know, and, it's, and I guess it's because it's my love language. But like... I am 120% a words of affirmation person. Like, I feed off of encouragement and, you know, random text messages or phone calls or, you know, just somebody saying, hey, I love you, you're doing a great job. I love that. Some people don't like that, but, you know, that's that's kind of what, what fuels my fire. But you, you read that and it says, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. You know, we also read in other verses that, you know, the tongue can be detrimental, kind of like what Jackson was just talking about. But on the other hand of that, if you're using it wisely, you know, it says the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The words that we say to people matter 100%. And even when maybe you should have said something to encourage somebody or you should have said something to be nice to somebody and you didn't, you know, I think that's not good. You know, if you have an opportunity to encourage somebody, why not do it? Yeah. Because I don't think we're going to get to the pearly gates and just be like, man, you you encouraged too much. Yeah. You know, you were just, you were too encouraging too to people. Too loving. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I don't think that's going to happen. Actually, I'm fairly confident that's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. But take those opportunities and use them. If you have you know, time to build somebody up or you have time to tell somebody how much they mean to you or who cares what they think, who cares what they respond. But just do it anyway, you know, because we have an opportunity to to give people things and to encourage them as though it's currency, yeah. as though it's money. It's so valuable, it's like you're giving them silver, you know, and... Then up the, down here it says, "In the heart of the wicked is of little worth." You know, if we can be encouraging and we can offer 
righteousness through our words, that's a great thing. But, you know, if your heart is wicked, it's not worth anything. And that's that's really like hard to say because physically our heart is the powerhouse of everything. Okay? <laughs> kind of like the, the mitochondria. Mitochondria of the cell. Powerhouse of the cell. I was cell, thinking that too. But like your heart, if you if my heart stops pumping, then I'm gonna die. That's how valuable it is to us physically. But what about here it's saying well, if, if you have wickedness in your heart, it's worthless. Your tongue is silver. If you're using it for righteousness sake but if your heart is wicked then you might as well you know it's just worthless so I like that verse a lot I really do so oh, yeah I, I like what you're saying about why not take like the time to encourage someone because yeah. like there's like I'm trying to think of it I think I might have just saw it on social media but like there was this it was for men's mental health or something like that and it was these two guys at like soccer games and they went back every year or like every game, and one guy obviously looked just like down and out. He was looked like he'd been beaten up pretty much, not physically, but just he, morale was all different. And this other guy was trying to, you know, act all nice and happy. And then they showed one game where the guy who was acting nice and happy wasn't there. And you know, the implications were he probably took his life in suicide. But but like that's like something that you never know how much somebody just needs. Like hey, you're doing great. Hey, you know, hey, I love the work that you did today. You know, that's something I try to find myself doing most of the time. Um, you know, I heard you say it a bunch of times, like, hey, I appreciate you working today or something like that. I find myself trying to say that just because, you know, you never know. Especially in blue-collar workforce, it, it kind of like, you see a lot of struggles of people who have just been physically <laughs> worn out because of the day, and then that just takes a toll on them. And then especially if they come back and you're like, hey, they're terrible or something like that it's just going to push them further and further. And so I really like what you were saying. Just go ahead and take that extra step of saying like, Hey, you're doing great. Giving and that don't, encouragement. And like, don't do it. Even it doesn't have to be strangers. Right. It can be somebody that you see every day. But just look at them and say, Hey, I appreciate you. I love you. And mean it. Don't say it. If you don't, if you don't mean it, then don't say it. Yeah. Because that kind of goes into the heart of the wicked. <laughs> Perfect right there. Yeah. If you don't mean it, don't say it because now it's not coming from your heart. It's not coming from a good place. It's just doing it to make you feel good. But if you really feel it, just say, hey, man, I appreciate you. You're doing a great job. You know, so that's 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 big to me because that's that's what feeds me. Like my mental health, you know, my love languages. You know, hey, just tell me I'm doing a good job. And I'm going to tell you that too. So those are my two. So I'll let you keep going if you okay. want to. So we're going to close it out here because um, actually my last two verses are th- verse 31 and 32. Uh, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, uh, what is perverse. So, as you've probably been able to tell, as we were reading it, and I hope you go back and read all of these, uh, these wonderful verses again, that there is a strong repetition of, you know, mouths speaking. You know, the mouth of righteousness, the mouth of wickedness. And verse 31 and 32 brings kind of a a contrast between the two, you know. The perverse tongue, you know, shows the state of the person's heart, you know. To me, the fact that it was, and it says it right there uh, in the end of verse 31, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. You know, that's never a good saying 
when you hear that in in the Bible, cut off. I'm trying to remember, and I don't want to say any of them wrong, but I feel like when no, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to be wrong about like when they're talking about the spiritual body. You know how everyone has like the hand, the foot. It should be cut off if it's not doing anything, kind of. Or like think of it. I know this one's right because it was in Matthew uh, about the branches on the vineyard on the vine, and if it didn't produce anything, it should be cut off and thrown into the fire. That's what I associate with when I hear this, you know, bad things. <laughs> when you hear that phrase, cut off, you know, it, it shows me that the wicked, you know, what they have in their their speech, you know, that's hidden away sometimes, you know, it's not worth it. Cut it off. Get it out. You know, it's, it's ruined them from the inside out. And, you know, and then we get the contrast. You know, however, the mouth of the righteous reveals a heart that brings forth wisdom and blesses themselves and others around them. You know, that plays in line perfectly with verse 20, what Dylan was talking about, on how, you know, spreading that that joy, that love. You, we can do so much, you know, good with just speaking, and yet we need to mean it. We need to, you know, have that love that covers all offenses, and but yet, you know, don't always speak out or turn, be, you know, thoughtful and, and prudent is what we're going to say, uh, but more importantly, if we have something that's worth saying, uh, like encouraging someone, uh, bringing someone up, maybe someone's had a bad day, or uh, it's super simple, but just saying that, hey, Jesus loves you, is it can go a long way. So, um, yeah, that's what I got. Well, that's our episode for tonight. Coffee in Christ, the week before Thanksgiving. Thankfulness. So... We're excited and we're thankful for you. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that. So we hope you have a great week. Um, and then next week we'll be talking to you on Tuesday night because that's when church is next week. Is so we'll be talking to you on Tuesday night and we'll be prepping everybody for all the food they're about to eat. Oh, yeah. yes. So have a great week. Yep. Jesus loves you. So do we. Good night. Yeah. Seattle.